the Lord. So we're going to talk about some scriptures, and I think we ended last week's program talking about a scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, where it says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with the temptation also make a way of way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Okay, so I brought it up last week because I was thinking about temptation. You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, when they have their tests and their trials and they say that... Um, God always says that he's not going to put more on you than, than you can bear. And I'm thinking, I don't know, I guess I was always thinking that temptation is different than putting more on you than you can bear. Temptation, in my mind, is like enticing me to sin, enticing me to commit something evil, enticing me to do some wrong. 
And people use it a lot when they're talking about their tests and their trials or the things that they go through. Say they have problems with their kids and they have financial problems, they have maybe marital problems or maybe they have job problems and it seems like everything is hitting them all at once. Health problems and, and what more can happen? What's next, you know? And I never took that scripture to mean that he's not going to put more on you than you can handle. You know, I, I never took it to mean that. I, I always thought that temptation was something different. Meaning that he would never let you get to the point where the, the solution to the, to the problem or to whatever it is that you're in, sin seems the only option that you have, it, it looks appealing to the point where it seems as if it's the only option that you have to solve whatever dilemma that you're in. The Lord said he would never do that. It's like the sea. The, the waves of the sea can only go so far into the shore. The Lord won't let it overstep its boundaries. In the same way, even with the enemy, even when Satan comes to tempt us, the Lord will not allow the enemy to tempt us above that which is uh, un unreasonable. He won't allow the enemy to tempt us to the point that the word of God will have no effect. The Lord, God forbids it. He said he, he is faithful. There is just no way that a person, uh, that the Lord said, you will, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. So the Lord set a limit so that the enemy cannot present a solution that is sinful to the point where Relying on the Lord isn't sufficient for you to resist sinning in order to try to solve whatever it is that is uh, thorn in your side or that is attacking you. So the Lord said you never get to that point because you'll always be able to go to the Lord. All right, so the listening to you talk, I, I'm thinking about um, a person who's... Um, really broke, really, really, really needs money. And instead, and what they do is sometimes rob a bank or, you know, they see a purse sitting not too far from them and then they stick their hands into that purse or their wallet and steal some money out of it or... Um, Sell those things that don't belong to them. You know, so what is that? I mean, that, they're not relying on the Lord right, then? Right, right. They're yielding to temptation. To the, and, and it's nothing that if they trusted in the Lord, the Lord could not bring them out of. They just yield to temptation. But there is no temptation that Satan can bring a person that goes beyond God's word to the point where when a person goes to the Lord who's faithful, his word isn't sufficient to bring you out of that temptation. It's like you just have to sin in order to... Break free. Okay, so now thinking about someone who's in, in a uh, ill health situation, and um, I can't think of anything where a person would end up sinning. Well, like Mao Zedong, he took people from the village who had his similar biological makeup, and when he was in need of an organ or something that was medical and it required a, a body part or whatever, he just took it, you know, just like it, he took it from the, the people that he held 
and they were actually deprived of their freedom, and they were harvested. Yeah, it was, it was, he had a heart condition, and evidently when he needed a heart transplant, he just took it. See, they, and then what, the person would die? Yeah, he had his own little reserves. So you have people who do things like that, people who have paid for kidneys, and what well, happens? Who was that? that somebody there was somebody they, that uh, died maybe a couple years ago because of a heart problem, and they just kept getting heart transplants. Who is that, Rockefeller? Or, uh, probably. But, or you know, there, there are people who pay for kidneys, and knowing that in order to get that kidney, somebody's going to have to die. You know, somebody, you know, somebody's going to be actually terminated, executed, their life taken from them so that they can harvest their organs. And, and, and they're thinking, but see, that's a temptation, but it's not above and beyond what the Lord can do because he set a limit upon how far the enemy can go. And the enemy can't go beyond God's word. So he set a limit to as far as, as, far as to where the enemy can go to the point where we just lose out all hope and all faith and all confidence in the Lord. Well, I guess I don't understand it completely because I'm trying to think, I think of this example where, uh, you know, parents have children that go the wrong direction, they're going the wrong way, mm -hmm. getting on their nerves, they don't know no matter how well they teach them, how much they give them, how much help they give them, they still do the wrong thing. How can a, how can a parent sin when they're so burdened by that, well, I mean, they're I not, mean, not all not all testing trials lead to temptation to sin, but there are some that a person, if they are so inclined, the enemy can make sin seem so appealing that it's like a, an easier solution as opposed to going through. But the Lord said, but they're they're, they're all common. You know, health is common, uh, finances. That, that's common. People who are being, who might find themselves in a marital situation and the spouse is unfaithful, that's common. You know, you know, people feel like they have to do something in order to be justified or in order to be made whole. Those type of things are common. The Lord said they're common. But he set a limit even on that so that there is nothing that the enemy can do and nothing that can overtake a person to the point where God's word is not effective. There's nothing exists in, in creation like that. There's nothing that is greater than God's word. So he said he yet remains faithful, but people might think this, and as such they have to put their trust in the Lord. So this scripture really goes towards a person believing God to bring them through or believing that they don't have to yield to temptation. It, it, it might not even be a burden. It could be just a situation of entrapment. You know, like some people, I know this one, uh, this one lady, uh, she had this thing about men who said that they were ministers or pastors mm -hmm. or preachers. Mm -hmm. And she just went out of her way to prove that in spite of what they said, they were going to fall. And she would tempt them. <laughs> and, Entice know, them. Oh and... my goodness. And she was, she was known for that. And I was talking to this one minister and he said, he said, I don't know what happened. He said, but before I knew it, I was out of my clothes. Oh. And he committed fornication and, and then he could not believe it. Once she got him to fall, 
He wants to yield it to temptation. She didn't want to have anything to do with him? Not a thing. She, says, she looked at him and said, I told you there was nothing to you. So the Lord is saying, that's common. That's common to man. And Satan can't go beyond that. There's nothing that exists that can go beyond the word of God. That's common to man, but man does not have to yield to that type of temptation. That's to me, that's what the scripture means. But can people be burdened to the point where it's too much? Yes. Can men put on you more than you can bear? Yes. Can your burdens be too heavy even because of your own wrongdoing and iniquity? Yes. But then you have to give that over to the Lord. Then that's when you take your burdens. That's when you take your complaint. That's when you make your plea and your petition known to the Lord. And then with that, there is nothing in the way of the enemy trying to tempt you or your flesh trying to awaken to make you lust after something that you would have to fall as long as you're taking it to the Lord. The Lord said it, it won't happen. He said, then I will with that temptation. Whatever it is, whatever that thorn is in your side, whatever it is that's trying to compel you to fall, he said, I will make a way of escape for you. So that you can bear it. Right. So you can bear it and go through it. And then... It's not heavy because the Lord is taking you through it. But if you don't have the Lord, or if you get sidetracked, can something be too heavy for you? Yes, it can. So the other, the other scripture that I think of in connection to this is um, in the Our Father. And it, you know, you're praying the Our Father, and then it says you're, you're praying to the Lord, and, you, and you're asking the Lord, lead us not into temptation. Right. Right. You know, and that's kind of hard to understand. Well, lead me not into, lead us not into temptation. Yeah, it's the same concept of when the Lord said, I, I, I heard Pharaoh's even, heart. I can't even picture God leading a person into temptation. What, what happens when when you're thinking in those, of that particular scripture, just like when he said the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, it's not like the Lord made it impossible for Pharaoh to repent or be sorrowful within his heart. When the Lord does that, he removes his hand. It's just like he doesn't try to chastise. He doesn't try to counsel a person. He doesn't warn a person. That's how a person gets led into temptation. They are at the mercy of their own lust. They are at the mercy of their own decisions. So when the Lord refrains from trying to chastise a person to the point where they can see the truth. That's when a person should be afraid. Not when the Lord is chastising them, not when the Lord is dealing with the person. When the person should be afraid is when the Lord just stops. Stops communicating, stops trying to lead, stops trying to reason with you, just stops. So he just turns his face away from right. you. He just, go, he just lets you go in your own, own way. way. And he's saying, Lord, don't lead me into this. Don't let me go in my own way. Don't let me be responsible for my decisions uh, without you to guide me. Lord, please. And just like when the Lord hired this person's heart, it's like whatever Pharaoh wanted to do, God said, let him do it. He gave you enough rope to hang your own self. Yes, that's what that means. Yes. So he's faithful. Yes. He's just faithful. And you right. know, when I think of what everybody's saying here now, it, it reminds me of Second uh, Peter Chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 reads, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Right. So when I, when I was, you know, when we're talking, I think about God's not 
lack concerning his promises, not just one promise, but all of his promises. And it's almost like when, um, you know, like when we, have, have you ever, <laughs> I know I've done it, and I know that I've heard other parents do it. It's like, I told you to stop. I'm going to give you to the count of three. Mm-hmm. One, what? two. Two and a half. <laughs> I know. Two or three quarters. And they're waiting and waiting <laughs> before they get to three because they don't really want to punish the child. Right. They want the child to stop right. what they're doing and not right. continue in their own way. Right. And, and I think that's how God is, too. Mm-hmm. It's like God doesn't want us to, he's counting Right. You know, he's going, one, yes. yeah, right. one and a half. Right. Giving us a period of grace. Two. Because God has placed it within us to have an understanding. And he's also given us, when we don't understand, he's placed it within us to have the authority to go to him and ask for understanding. And he does, he does promise that there's going to be a judgment. Right. There will be a judgment. He doesn't want you to go through that right. judgment. Right. He doesn't. And if, a, if the whole world would just repent and acknowledge, he will be overjoyed not to have to judge the people and condemn them to death. And I guess what people, you know, people do that to us all the time. People do that to each other. They mistake your kindness. Mm-hmm. They, for a weakness. For a weakness, right. And I think people mistake God's goodness and kindness for his weakness, right. and God isn't weak. No, but that's how flesh is. Flesh thinks when you, when you actually turn the other cheek, flesh thinks that when you are long-suffering, somehow you're worse. That's how people do it. You know, if, if you, I know people and they're helping somebody. And the person that they're helping, I, I watched when my brother was changing this person's tire. And they're looking over it and it's like, this, this person's like, yeah, he's a dummy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's being helpful. And I, that taught me something about people. You can be kind to people and they don't think of you as coming to their aid and, and being strong. They think of you as being a sucker, <laughs> you know? And sometimes you have to look at people and just keep going because their understanding of what kindness, they have no concept whatsoever. And, and God doesn't want anyone to perish. He, no. he says he doesn't want any soul to right. be lost. And he wants, which, It's his desire that all men uh, get saved. Right. Which, which goes to show you that everybody has it within them to yield to the Lord. And see, some people, they, they feel like the enemy has them so bound, but the Lord has given everybody this authority to give their heart to whomever they want to give their heart to. The enemy cannot withhold a person giving their heart to the Lord. It cannot uh, break that promise that the Lord gave them if you repent and if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. The enemy cannot go beyond that. And so some people will tell the, that they're so bound, the enemy has them so bound. There is no chain so great that God can't break it. There is, and once you decide to give your heart to the Lord, that's it. The enemy has no control over that. He's given man that authority. The things that God has given us authority over, 
that we do. We can go to the Lord and ask him to undertake. We can go to the Lord in prayer and ask him for his protection. We can ask the Lord to rescue us. We can trust in the Lord. We, can, we don't brag on ourselves, but we can brag on the Lord. We can make our boast in him. Those things that God has given us the authority to do, we can do it. And those things that we do, the Lord will deliver us. We can trust in him. We can go to him. So when the enemy has people thinking they're so bound they can't be saved, you have to say, oh, no, I, I have a, a, the right to give my heart to whomever I want to give it to. That's why when people say they, said they sold their soul to the devil, they don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because all souls belong to God. Did, have you given your heart to the enemy? Yes. But here's the authority God you has given you. Back. You can take your heart back and Amen. say, Lord, I'm giving my heart to you. And once you make it up in your mind, you're going to give God your heart, nothing. I mean, nothing can stand in the way of that. Nothing. The enemy yeah. wants you to feel that you you so bound that you can't get out of it. But you can, but God said that's not so. You right. can, your mindset has to change. Now, you can stay in that mindset and feel that way, but you, you can do. come out of it. You, you right. can come Sometimes out of it. Sometimes feel, you feel so overwhelmed, you don't know which way to turn. Right. It's like you feel like you're in jail. You feel like you're like you said, bound up. And that's when you go to God's word. Mm-hmm. Now, now for, for a saint, that's when they have to use the sword. That's when they have to go on the offense with the word of God. That's what the sword is for. And so then they go on offense with God's word because he's faithful. He's not going to deny himself. He is the word. And if he said it, he meant it. It has to be. But the enemy tried to be so convincing, like somehow... God's word doesn't apply here. There is no temptation that, that's, that is that great. It does not exist. It can't exist. There's nothing above God and nothing beside him. A lot of people, you know, when you were talking a little bit earlier about uh, people looking at you as being weak mm-hmm. because you either depend on God mm-hmm. or you're waiting for God to move or mm-hmm. you're... Um, you're just slow to punish. You're mm-hmm. slow to get angry. Right. You're slow to step back from a person yeah. who, who happens to be maybe a, a good friend or right. something. But you just don't like what they're doing. Right. You Or you're helping somebody. And they do the same thing over and over and over to you. And, mm-hmm. and you're, just, you're just slow in pulling, withdrawing from them. And that's how God is. He's mm-hmm. slow because he's looking for you to change. Right. He's looking for you to take advantage of his promise, advantage of his, his mercy, take right. advantage of his salvation, take advantage of... Right. But, and then when you, when, you, when you do something, but it's not that you're blind to it, but you, you're, you haven't reached that point where right. you you're say... You're not blind at you, all. Where you say, I'm going to cut this off because you know and maybe you're, you, you're the type of person that maybe if you say I'm gonna I'm a cut my ties you know that they're, you're gonna cut your ties and there's, there's no coming back from that there's mm-hmm. you know and because of that a person is is more prone to suffer a little longer because once those ties are cut they're cut now he said Moses was the meekest person on the face of the earth now I had never really realized that mm-hmm. Moses was just that meek and his brother and his sister, they complaining about who he married, an Ethiopian woman, and they're talking about him, I guess, in the camp, and they're belittling him and maligning him, and, and he had to know it. Mm-hmm. 
the Lord came and fought for him. God, it displeased the Lord because Moses, he didn't do anything, not because he was a wolf, but because he was meek. He was a humble man. He didn't get all in himself. And so God came and fought on his behalf. The Lord came to his rescue. And, you know, that probably had to be a hard thing to take when your family is doing that to you. And the Lord came and fought on his behalf. I'm sure it is. And I'm mm -hmm. sure there are a lot of families that are going through stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, where someone isn't as aggressive or outspoken or... Um, and they think you're stupid because of that. Or they think that you're better. That's how they think. You're oh. better than they are. Uh -huh. Or you yeah. think that you know everything. You're holier or, than thou. <laughs> right. And all you're doing is putting your confidence in the Lord. That's right. all you're doing. And then when you treat them with love, they don't take it as love. That's how the world is. They can't see it because of their carnal mind. And I was thinking, Lord, a lot of things that we miss out on because we're looking with natural eyes. I said, Lord, bless me to hear as you would have me to hear. Lord, bless me to see as you would have me to see so that I won't miss out on the spiritual part of things. So God is very, very merciful. But, you know, as far as that scripture goes for temptation, mm -hmm. that so temptation means that you could fall into temptation because of your situation only because you're not putting your eyes on the Lord. Right. You're not taking your heart and in, 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 in saying, Lord, I'm, I'm fixing my heart on your word. I'm fixing my heart on what you say. I'm, I, I'm, I'm determined to go right. and wait on you. Right. You know, like crucify the old man. I'm going like to circumcise the foreskin of my heart. So if, if you can't do it or if you won't do it, then it can't be done. Right. But, it's, but that's not true because God is so merciful. God will make a way. God will. For you to escape out of that temptation. And it just brings me to, to think about some other scriptures about how we limit God mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't, I don't know, we just think that it, things are hard for him. <laughs> or, or too hard. This, you know, or, or sometimes that he just won't do it for us. And you have to remember yeah, that. Yeah, that's a big one. God has that's no respect of person. No respect like, of person. I'm too bad. I've done right. too much. I can't, it's, right. I, I'm, I, I'm, I've done so much. Why would he want to do it for me? And Why then you want to right that you might do that, but that's not what his word says. His word expressly tells us what to do. We go to him and we go to him in prayer and we make our requests and our petitions known. We tell the Lord and we ask the Holy Ghost to make intercession for us as we pray because we don't know how to pray as we are. That's what the Lord says. So the bottom line is that God is able. God is really able. Um, you know, that brings me to another scripture about God being able. It's in Ephesians. But he provides a way. Just like that song says, God will make a way when right. there seems to be no way. Right. You know, there's rivers and uh, deserts and valleys and mountains. You don't know what it is that you have He's to go through. He's going to make a way of escape and yes. so that you can bear it. So right. That you can, but we're going to have to. So that you can bear the temptation. <laughs> He's going to make a way of escape. And we're going to have to close this and continue next week. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from 1 John 2 and 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him.
Ain't God all right? God is all right all the time. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, what did the Lord say concerning frost? And the answer is, frost is given by the breath of God. And that answer can be found in Job chapter 37, verse 10, which reads, by the breath of God, frost is given, and the breath of the waters is straightened. Now, remember this when you are scraping that frost off your car windshield. Frost is given by the breath of God. <laughs> this week's food for thought is, what do the floods lift up to the Lord? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. 